Hey, welcome and greetings from Elfie's World, the place where we try to bring you a little fun, pique your interest, and maybe, maybe even give you an opportunity to learn a thing or two about history. Oh boy, I am so glad you decided to join us. Now, today, we're presenting another program from our collection of stories entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, these true stories have often been overlooked from the uh, pantheon of history, eh, for whatever reason. My name is Elfie Wolfram, and I hope you enjoy our presentation. Now, this is episode number 44, and it is entitled... One mountain at a time. So, hey, hey, kick back, relax, and enjoy. She was one of the most prolific world explorers and mountaineers of either sex that you have never heard of. Why, between 1904 and her untimely death in 1938, she circumnavigated the globe seven times, climbing more than 300 peaks, each exceeding 10,000 feet. Her dramatic ascents included the Truda Peaks in the Rocky Mountains, which were named in her honor. But uh, who was this amazing woman? Born in London in July of 1867, her given name was Gertrude Emily Benham. But even as a young child, all who knew her called her Truda. Her father was in the business of making iron. Now, as a child, Truda would travel with her father on his summer trips to the Alps. Oh, it didn't take many of those trips roving over the mountain's tides of Switzerland before she was bitten by a love of mountains. She would pursue that passion her entire life. Now, Truda came from well, a very close-knit, caring family. Being the youngest of six children, she felt a special commitment to her father and mother. As her parents grew older, she was there for them, the caring child. When her father died in 1891, followed by her mother in 1893, she was finally free to follow her dream, to climb mountains. Now, over the years, she had been enticed by advertisements which extolled the beauty of the Rocky Mountains in North America. So, at the age of 36, she took the meager inheritance she had received from her parents and left for Canada. Well, arriving in Alberta, she was awestruck by the magnificence of the Valley of the Ten Peaks. Truda immediately decided that this was the ideal place to begin her mountain climbing challenge. She decided to commence with the toughest of those peaks, Mount Fay. Now, it had been named for Charles Fay, a world-class American mountaineer, uh, even though uh, 
he had not yet made an ascent to the top of that lofty elevation. Well, upon hearing that Truda was going to attempt an ascent, Faye, who was the founder of the Boston Appalachian Mountain Club, set out on his own well-thought-out ascent. Now, while they both started at the same time, each took a different route. Now, the path that Faye chose was too challenging for even a mountaineer of his caliber, so he turned back in defeat. As for Truda, well, she made it to the top. Faye was not only furious, but also embarrassed. Why, some foreign woman had beaten him to the top of the mountain that was named in his honor. <laughs> Seeking revenge, he chose to climb another peak to lay his claim of being the first to conquer, uh, only to discover that Truda had already placed her flag upon that summit as well. Well, in 1906, one of the neighboring peaks was finally named Truda Peak in her honor. Now, Truda's journey would become legendary among adventures of that time. In all her travels, which included seven journeys around the world and at least three slogs across Africa, she was usually alone and on foot. For all her many climbs, Truda was only known to have fallen once. This sole mishap occurred after she developed malaria in Calcutta while unwittingly sleeping under a torn mosquito netting. She was so hardy and fit she even managed to avoid contracting malaria, which ravaged the crew and passengers aboard a ship which she was a passenger on while crossing the Bay of Bengal. In addition to malaria, during that trip, her endurance was also challenged by a raging cyclone. But how in the world was Truda able to manage so many exotic adventures? And, and how did she do it all alone? <laughs> well, well, first of all, Truda gained the reputation for being totally self-sufficient never needing a traveling companion to share the chores or challenges. She once described herself as being, quote, a jack-of-all-trades, as well as sketching, botany, and writing. When she was once asked in an interview with the Daily News of New York how she dealt with the, well, with the solitude of travels, she replied, well, I'm never alone. How can I be when there is so much to see and admire in this world? Well, because she was neither rich nor did she have the benefit of a wealthy sponsor, 
Trude had to budget her trips very, very carefully. Now, typically, she would budget about well, 250 English pounds a year for her total expenditures, which would be the equivalent of well, about $15,000 in today's money. She would often barter her embroidery for food when the money ran short. For diversion, her backpack included only three books, a pocket edition of Shakespeare, the romantic novel Lorna Doone, and a copy of the Bible, <clears throat> a King James Version, of course. Though she was a romantic at heart, her travels never allowed her to marry. Her escapades were not always viewed favorably by the local officials. Once, Trude tried to gain illegal entrance into Tibet so many times by a forbidden passage, the local officials created a special file just for her. She always found that most puzzling. She could not understand why the local bureaucrats would not accept her as well a quiet and harmless traveler. Truda kept very careful records of each and every one of her adventures in the form of journals, sketches, and countless photographs. Most of these are still preserved at the Plymouth City Museum and Art Gallery in Plymouth, England. In 1916, she was selected to be a member of the prestigious Royal Geographic Society. However, her membership with that august organization only lasted about six months when she resigned. It seemed the science-minded members of that society took offense at her animated descriptions of the local people she observed. Uh, they also thought her writing, writings spent far too much time on scenic views. Now, now though, uh, though she occasionally would hire porters as needed, typically Truda traveled alone. During her countless journeys across thousands upon thousands of miles, usually on foot, crossing Canada, Africa, New Zealand, India, and into the far reaches of Himalayas, she became the first European man or woman to climb Africa's majestic Mount Kilimanjaro succeeding even after her guides abandoned her. And yet, for all her achievements, she has been largely forgotten for her triumphs. In 1935, Truda set out on her last adventure. Now, her plan was to study the natural landscape of a group of islands in the South Pacific. It was to be her final major sojourn before retiring to a, well, a quiet life on the southern coast of England. Unfortunately, Truda never completed her last expedition. 
Three years into her journey, she passed away aboard a ship off the coast of East Africa in February of 1938. Now, although the cause of her death is unknown, she kept her indomitable spirit to the end. On the day of her death, she wrote about the spirit of wanderlust that had entered my soul. Ironically, no memorial or statue has ever been raised to honor this intrepid adventurer. However, she left behind a more fitting tribute to her accomplishments, her hiking boots, which are also on display at the Plymouth City Museum. Boy, one can almost see the, well, the many hiking trails which she traveled etched into the creases along the sides of those leathery companions. They are a fitting tribute to a lady of guts and glory whose accomplishments were as vast as the world itself. They carried Gertrude Emily Truda Benham to a life that was amazing and high-climbingly true. Well, there you have it. Episode number 44, entitled One Mountain at a Time. You know, it's part of our weekly series entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, each week, we, well, we feel privileged to present for your enjoyment and edification a brand new audio story from our collection of amazing but true accounts from history. Now, some of these narratives come from our book entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More. As a listener to this program, you are entitled to purchase autographed copies of our original book, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More, at half the publisher's price of $13.95 or a mere $7 per book. And that includes shipping and handling anywhere within the United States. Whoa. For more information, merely go to elfiesworld.com. That's A-L-F-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D, elfiesworld.com. And click on Elfie the Writer for more information. And now... I would like to thank the following for helping to make this program possible. First, Garrett Wolfram, our technical producer and supervisor. The late Irene Wolfram, principal editor and provider of Sage Council. Expert publishing for their help in editing and publishing our book. Lucas Ganza Anna Waltz for the Parlor Guitar Magic Set. Joe Payne for the Trumpet Fanfare. Herbert Bolin for his Piano Mood Happy Four. And finally, the thousands of readers who have supported our efforts from the beginning. 